Greetings, everyone, from Port Rush down to Dungannon tonight, down to the Moy. It's lovely to see you all, and it will give me a little opportunity over these next minutes to see some people that I might recognize, but like myself, we're all a little older as the years have gone by, but it's great to be back, and Yvonne and I are very happy to be with you this evening, and we are full of anticipation for the blessing of God upon us and on our meetings this week. Thank you to those of you who pray for us. I wonder how many of you follow us on Glad Tidings Hour on the internet. Does anyone follow us at all? Let me see. Yes, there's one down at the back too. Don't know where. There's a few. Yes, there are. Well, we thank the Lord for that ministry. God has given us a wonderful ministry on the internet now over this past 16, 17 months, and we rejoice in all that the Lord is doing. Yvonne does, uh, she did a number of hymn stories, uh, famous hymn writers and the hymn stories, and now she's doing a whole succession of missionaries, and it's been a tremendous blessing. And uh, just this past two weeks, now this week and uh, uh, the week past, we have had Avril Neely as our featured guest, a young widow whose uh, surgeon husband passed on to be with the Lord uh, quite a few years ago now, but uh, that uh, has been a tremendous blessing to people all around the world, and we rejoice in all that God is doing through that testimony and through the ministry of God's Word. And we have people tonight who are praying for us and for you and for these meetings, and we do believe that the Lord will answer prayer. Now, I assure you that I will not keep you late. Boys and girls, I have a merciful heart, and I won't keep you too late. And we look forward to letting you all home, but not without meeting with God. So what we're going to do is now we're going to read from the Scriptures. I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah. This has been on my heart now since the beginning of last week, and perhaps even before that. And we're reading from chapter 43, Isaiah chapter 43, and commencing to read at the 10th verse. Isaiah chapter 43, commencing to read at verse 10. And the Lord is the speaker. Isaiah is the writer, but God is the speaker. And he says, Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it, or who shall hinder it? I will work, and who shall hinder it? Thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon and have brought down all their nobles and the Chaldeans whose cry is in the ships. 
I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power, they shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. And of course that is a reference to the Exodus, but now the Lord is saying, Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the isles, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Chapter 44, verse 1. Yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee from the womb, which will help thee. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thine offspring, and they shall spring up as among the grass, as willows by the water courses. Amen, and may God bless the reading of his word to our hearts. Please join me for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we belong to the speaking God, and we rejoice that thou art the communicating God, communicating thy heart through thy word, and communicating thy great scheme and plan of redemption through thy dearly beloved Son, the Lord Jesus. And we thank you this evening, Lord, that thou dost make real in us by thy Spirit all that Jesus has purchased for us on Calvary's middle cross. We pray, O Spirit of faith and love, Come in the midst, we pray, and breathe upon us thy breath of God. Tis thy living breath, Lord, that puts life into dead bodies. Tis thy living breath, Lord, that quickens thy church. Tis thy living breath that makes a shattered broneyard an exceeding mighty army, as in the days of Ezekiel's vision. O Lord, thou art not changed. Thou art the same. I am the Lord. I change not. We pray this evening, Lord, for a demonstration of thine unchangeable power and thine infinite mercy and grace. O Lord, breathe upon us. Breath of God, fill me with life anew, that I may love what thou dost love and do what thou wouldst do. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray, and for thy sake and thy glory only. Amen. Amen. At the very beginning of chapter 43 of the book of Isaiah, there are two words that stand out to me, and these are what they speak. But now. But now. 
And that concept in the Bible is a very interesting concept even in the New Testament. The but-nows of the Bible are amazing uh, studies in themselves. And so what we're reading here in the context of Isaiah's day is something of the past and the history of the people and something of their uh, waywardness and their idolatry and their need and their destitution as we were even singing about here on this very first song. Yvonne and I have never heard that song before. Obviously you have listened to it and you know it, but that's a fact. But these people were also a destitute people. But you know, friends, the end of our disobedience is not the end of God's infinite mercy. And right throughout the Old Testament Scriptures, and sometimes we have God perceived as an ogre and a judgmental God with no love, no compassion in the Old Testament Scriptures, such would be the, uh, the theology of the modernists perhaps. But I want you to know that He is the same God in the Old Testament as He is in the New. It's just that in Jesus, He is revealed in a far brighter, clearer light. He is brought near to us. And we see Him in all His radiant glory in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we read through the Old Testament Scriptures, we find ourselves face to face with a God who is full of divine kindness, who is absolutely true, and fidelity is emblazoned on every part of His being and His workings. Not only that, but His steadfast love endureth forever His mercy and His long-suffering. And we read that as we go through the Scriptures. And here in chapter 43, this is what is revealed right at the beginning of the chapter. But now, thus saith the Lord, fear not. I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. And so it goes on. And we're in the presence of the redeeming God tonight. I don't know everybody who's gathered here. We may never have met each other before. But I want you to know right now that we're in the presence of the Redeemer. The one who buys the slave back out of the slave market of sin and sets the captive free. Are you that captive? Are you that broken life? Are you that slave? Are you that man, that woman, who almost by accident, as you feel, have found yourself now in a well-lit sanctuary that perhaps you have never been in before? You are not merely in a sanctuary of a church. You are in the presence of the Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has come to reveal to you that He has paid a great price to buy you back to Himself. I am redeemed, but not with silver. I am bought, but not with gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. Precious price of love untold. Oh, what a meeting it could be for you this week. But now, God says, I was what I was back then 
in that glorious deliverance to this people as they were brought out of the slavery of Egypt and brought across the Red Sea and brought on their journey toward the Promised Land. I was what I was to them. And even in that day, I was the I am that I am. Because Moses said, what shall I tell the people when I go back to them and ask them to follow me? And what shall I tell Pharaoh? And he says, tell him, I am that I am. It's no wonder that when Jesus came, he said, I am. I am the door. I am the the way, the truth, the life. I am the good shepherd, and so it goes on. Eight times over, I am. And tonight he is the I am. And so he brings us from history as we go through the first 39 chapters, and we come into chapter 40 of the book of Isaiah, and we enter into what is known as the book of Consolation. Because now the prophet is looking forward and he sees that God is willing and wanting to reveal himself as the one who can take this people from where they are to where he wants them to be. And God always wants to take us, ladies and gentlemen, God always wants to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be in spirituality in this life, and of course, ultimately, from where we are in this world, to be with him in his glorious heaven. Hallelujah. And he starts by lifting us out of the cesspool of our own sinfulness and bringing us into the joy of sins forgiven and peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to this glorious Savior, You say, Eric, what have I got to do to make myself presentable to him? Can I come in my rags, in my old duds? Yes, come just as you are. Amen. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, just as I am, and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot. To thee whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come. You could do that now. You could come now. In the early days of the UDA in East Belfast, one of the founding men arrived one Sunday morning in church. His wife had been converted a little while earlier. It was his first time in the building. He was sitting in the back corner. And that morning as I opened up the scriptures and began to read, from the book of James, the first words are, James, a servant of God and an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. This man's name was James, sitting in this church. And God spoke to him there and then and said, James, you're not a servant of God. 
And the Spirit of God wrought on him so powerfully that he was converted, sitting right there in the seat in the middle of the service and lived to prove that it was a real work of grace. God spoke to him. We have no way of knowing how God speaks to people, to boys and girls. Yvonne was saved when she was a little girl of ten. <laughs> you say, I'm too young to be saved. We've got six little grandchildren, five females and one male, and he's the favorite, of course, amongst them, and he's glad he has no competition. But we love them because they've been brought up in the ways of the Lord. And singing for the Lord, well, the little one is too small. She's just a little taught yet. She's only three. But my friends, to see God working in little lives as well as big lives is always a wonderful, wonderful experience. But as we come to the Scriptures, we find that this but now leads us on to reveal to us that here was someone, a God who had invested heavily in these people. Because he says, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. What does that mean? Well, it means that God gave these countries, these nations, to Cyrus as a ransom, as a price, as a booty, to purchase back his people, Israel, to himself. And really, to put it in simple terms, it tells me that God invested heavily because he loved this people. My dear people, God has invested heavily to make us his people. He has given all that he could give, the very dearest, the very best, the darling of his bosom, his only begotten Son. And I think it has a tremendous emphasis when John says, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He had no others to give. He gave the one, the best. And in giving Him, He gave all. And friends, this day, not only was it a heavy investment on the part of God in that He spared not His own Son, but it was a heavy investment on the part of the Son of God in that He spared not His own life, but He was delivered up for us and gave His life blood as a sacrifice, an offering, a ransom, a redemption, an atonement, and all the way to Calvary, he went for me. He went for me. He went for me. He died to set me free. God had invested heavily in these people. But he also had a unique purpose in their existence. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my glory. And what, is the people, what are the people of God on the earth for? Well, they're on the earth to show forth the glory of God. 
They are on this earth to reveal to the ungodly world that there is a God in heaven, that there is a Savior who delivers, and that there is a life worth living and a hope that can never be shaken and a heaven ahead that's worth gaining and a hell behind that's worth shunning. And friends, tonight, Jesus has invested heavily on Calvary's cross to buy you and me back to Himself. And when we invest heavily in something, we expect a dividend from it. When a man puts all his savings, all his money, all his reserves into something, he does it because he expects a dividend. He expects to get something back. And God expects something back. He had a unique ministry for them. He had a unique ministry. And the dividend that God and indeed the eternal trinity is looking for this evening is a people who are at the feet of Jesus, who are at the foot of the cross, who are at the footstool of mercy, and who are at the altar yielded body, soul, and spirit. Or maybe if we put it like the Bible, spirit, soul, and body. Because God always starts with the center and works out to the outside, not the other way around. Religion works the other way, but real grace works from the inside, works out to the outside, and he has a unique ministry for them. He says, you are my witnesses. That's the ministry. And he said, I want you to reveal my life through your life. Live out thy life within me. O Jesus, King of kings, be thou thyself the answer to all my questionings. Live out thy life within me. In all things have thy way. I, the transparent medium, thy glory to display. Wouldn't you want to be that channel? Channels only. Blessed Master, but with all thy wondrous power flowing through me, thou canst use me every day and every hour. And to that end, Lord, here I am in your house, at your feet, waiting and open and ready. You know, I was thinking this evening, just as we were on our way down, traveling toward you this evening, you know... God says, I will, in this chapter, so many times, I will work, and who shall hinder it? I will do a new thing. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. We're in the presence of a willing God. Amen. He is more willing than we are. But you know the Old Testament Psalms says, Thy people shall be willing. And to God's I will, He wants me to say, I will. Fifty years ago next year, it will be since I said to this girl, I will. I do. And I'm done ever since. <laughs> 
My friends, but there came a time when I said to God, I will. I am at your feet, Lord. Take me as I am, Lord. Make me all thine own. Make my heart thy palace and thy royal throne. How wonderful to have Christ enthroned within. Who is on the throne? Who pulls the strings in your life? Who has your heart's affection? Who controls your ambitions? I know who ought to. But sometimes it's very hard to, certainly not in our own ability, difficult to get self off the throne and Christ on the throne in, not just in residence, but in precedence. Not just residing, but presiding with access to all the rooms of our lives. Is that you? As a child of God. This has been a wonderful weekend, I believe. I haven't heard all the sermons and all the messages, but I'm quite sure that God has been speaking and preparing you for these days and for the week ahead. And God is saying as He speaks to these people, remember ye not the former things. And so He's saying, I'm not finished yet. I have something more in my storehouse. And God is not like the gods of the Hindus. We've been back and forward to India a number of times in ministry in our lives. And of course the wheel of Hinduism is an endless cycle. And the gods of the idols go round in an endless cycle. God is not working in circles nor in cycles. God is going forward, on, straight on. He's not the God of the backward look. And he's saying tonight, remember not the former things. Behold, I will do a new thing. Look, look ahead. I am waiting to do this for you. Well, he said, I'm not finished yet. Don't settle and dwell on the past. But he goes further and he says, I'm not finished yet with you. With you. This people have I formed for my glory. They shall show forth my praise. Now I know that they weren't in a fit state to be that people, but God is a God of grace. And he says, I will work. And one of the things that he focuses on is to deal with that which comes between him and them and that is their sin problem. And that's, of course, where he really nails the issue. And he speaks about that in verse 24 and verse 25 of the chapter where he says, Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast made me to serve with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. But that's not the end of the story. Because the very next verse he says, I, even I am he. 
that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember them any more. Thy sins put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou that thou mayest be justified. What a gracious God He is. And how tonight, even though we are and have been as we have been, and you have been focusing on that in the previous meetings, And I know that and I know what the message was on Saturday night, but somehow this is the word that God had laid on my heart to bring you not from a repeat of Saturday night with Brother Edgerton speaking and unleashing and uncovering and bringing to the people the message that was like a sharp two-edged sword. But God was laying on my heart these words, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And now, in these closing moments, we have a promise that is extensive. Now it shall spring forth. Vibrancy is in this passage and in this verse. And the life of the Spirit is characterized by vibrancy. Revival is just that. Revival is vibrancy. Revival is a vibrant church full of life, full of vibrant life, full of spiritual power breaking forth. My brother-in-law, Tom Shaw, was preaching last night in Portadown. And he was there for a very special service. It was a commemoration of 100 years when Mr. Reverend W.P. Nicholson preached there in a mission in 1921. And the records from that mission record that there were 900 people who professed faith in Jesus Christ in the mission. That to me is vibrancy. It's vibrancy whenever 10,000 people, men are marching from the Belfast shipyard at the same time, around that same era, 2021, and bent the gates and the the iron bars of the Ravenhill Road Presbyterian Church as they crowded to get into the building and it was already full. Vibrancy and power are spoken in what we listened and heard from one of our ladies in those days in 1970s when we were in Bangor, a very elderly lady who had served the Lord for a great part of her life, who remembers as a little girl sitting in those big churches in Belfast, and when the invitation was given, she says, I can still hear the thud of the nail boots of the... Of the, of the uh, the Harland and Wolf men coming down the stairs from the galleries and pounding down the aisles of the church. That's spiritual vibrancy. That's God loose. God on the move. God working. And we look for that again. We do. And God is saying, but now, not sometime in the future. Now, trust me, now. Put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. But now, saith the Lord, I will do a new thing. Even now it shall spring forth. Not only that, there's visibility. He says, shall ye not know it? In other words, don't you see it? Now at this moment in the gathering, and this moment in our history, We could not honestly say, I see it. 
as a visible reality. But friends, there is something that goes beyond seeing with the naked eye. There is seeing with the eye of faith. It is believing. Believe ye that I am able to do this. And it's putting faith to the test and saying, I believe it. I believe it. Now the blessing, Lord, I claim. And we were singing a little while ago. It is coming. We believe it. Thou dost hear and answer prayer. That, my friends, is meant to be more than words. More than a verse of a hymn. It is meant to be the language of faith. Rising up from obedient hearts. People who say, Lord, I am ready to launch out on trust and faith and believe not only for this generally, but for myself. For myself. You're here this evening, perhaps you say, Oh, Eric, there was a time in my life when I used to really be like a watered garden. Now I feel like a desert. There was a time in my life whenever I enjoyed reading God's Word and I enjoyed the place of prayer and I knew that the Lord was with me and I really felt His presence and there was something in my life of vibrancy. But sadly tonight, it seems like the bells have gone silent and there's nothing now but a a specter of a burnt-out experience. Oh God! Kindle the flame again. Is that you? Sarah, you've hit the nail in the head. That's me. Oh God, kindle the flame again. Light the flame again. Light the touch paper again, Lord. I'm tired. I am far off. I have wandered. I've lost the moorings, but somehow in the providence of God, He has not let me go. He's holding, He's drawing, He's tugging at my heart, and tonight, backslidden though I may be, I want to come back. God says, I'm ready to do a new thing for you. I'm ready to deal with the trash, that is con- con- that is built up, that is, uh, that is accumulated in your heart. I'm ready to do you a good clean out. I'm ready to vacate the premises of your life with everything that shouldn't be there. And I want to put myself into every room and fill your life on this Monday evening. I'm here. To give you a vibrant life. I'm here to do something that you will see. And feel. And know. Because friends if we have got something and we don't know about it. We could lose it and never miss it. Take you a while to think that one through perhaps. God gives us. Meetings with him that we can know about. 
And we know when he has touched us. And we know when we need his touch as well. And knowing as I know, and you putting yourself in there and say, Eric, knowing as I know, he knows me better than I know myself. But tonight, I know my need. And I believe he can meet my need now. Visibility. Reality. Known. Can you not see it? Can you not recognize the operation of my spirit? I say and I put it in my note. God forbid that we should fail to see the movings of God. Wouldn't we want to see that? Wouldn't we want to live for that? Wouldn't we want that to be so in our lives? And whilst God speaks to us as a congregation, he takes us as individuals because we're all valuable and we're all precious and we all have a talent and we all have a purpose and we all have a destiny. And God says, I want to take you as you are with your life, your personality, your gifts or lack of gifts. I want to take you whatever your age is, boy or girl, man or woman, teenager, young people, I want to take you just how you are, where you are, as you are, and I want to mold you into my likeness, and I want to fill you with myself. I still pray on a regular basis, O fill me with thy fullness, Lord, until my very heart and life overflows and kindling thought, and glowing word, thy love to tell, thy praise to show. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, until this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of thine eternity. Those are words that are constantly on my lips. And I would never want to live in the tragedy of a burnt-out experience in an ash pit where there's nothing but dust. I would want to live where the flame is hot. I would want to live where the water is a river. Rivers is thy promise. Rivers is our plea. Less than this can never meet our cry for thee. Tired of lukewarm service and the loss it brings, I would live entirely for eternal things. Visibility. And there is also vitality. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert and the living, life-giving waters for every living creature. And we read that in the passage we read. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the isles, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Even the very brute creation feels the blessing of water in the desert. But friends, God wants to lift the concept beyond the brute beast of the field 
and lift it to the level of the moral creation, you and me, that that same living water flows through our lives and we have no more a desert. When I was a student, I used to remember the Reverend Campbell, Duncan Campbell, speaking. And we used to sing a tremendous hymn. Beneath the glorious throne above, the crystal fountain springing, a river full of life and love is joy and gladness bringing. Oh, fount of cleansing flowing free, that fount is open wide to me, to me. That fount is open wide to me. And then there was this verse, and I still see him in his seniority as a principal of the Bible college with his white hair swept back. Oh, my friends, in those Friday morning meetings, and we used to sing, the barren wastes are fruitful lands, the desert blooms with roses, and He the glory of all lands. His lovely face discloses. Oh, fount of cleansing flowing free, that fount is open wide to me, to me, to me. That fount is open wide to me. And my dear friends, We came out with a stamp on us. A stamp of God from a man who was just a mere 12 years removed from the Hebridean revival in the mid-1960s. And it seemed he brought that with him from the Hebrides into the college and the prayer meetings and the prayer mornings. And my, 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 oh dear me, people, what concepts, what pictures, as we sang those words and felt the breath and the movings of God upon our hearts. Well, my time is gone, and I did promise you I wouldn't keep you too long, and I don't want to do that. So, there is a provision that is extravagant. In Isaiah 44 and verse 3, we read those words just a little while ago. I will pour water on him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. You know, prophets were more than messengers of judgment. They were messengers of hope. And as you read through the prophets, and I'm reading again, I read through this book every year, and I've done that now for perhaps 30 years or more. Yeah, poor, at least I know that many anyhow. Every year, right through the entire book. And I've got to know these men. I've gotten to know these prophets. And I've gotten to know their burden. And I've gotten to know how they feel whenever they see the people's spiritual decadence. And I've got to know how they feel when they see what God wants to do and God can do. And I believe tonight that God wants to and God can and God will because He says, I will, I will, I will. But now, I will. The power of God then And now, and now, 1921, 100 years ago, 2021 is the now of a new possibility with the same living God. 100 years is big for us. It's nothing to him, just like a twinkle past. He wants to touch us now. And he says, I will pour water on him that's thirsty. O ye that are hungry and thirsty, rejoice, for ye shall be filled. Do you hear that sweet voice inviting you now to the banquet of God? Step out in the promise. Get under the blood. 
The promise can't save. Though the promise is true, it's the blood we get under that cleanses us through. It cleanses me now. Hallelujah to God. I'm resting on the promise. I'm under the blood. And this is the promise. And the preparatory condition was the presence of spiritual desire. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. My question to you tonight is this. Are you amongst the complacent or the consecrated? The complacent or the consecrated? Let it come, if it will. I will wait to see what happens. Or to say, let it come. Let it begin now in me. Visit me. Touch me. Bring me on to higher ground. Bring me deeper in. Oh God, enlarge. That's what Fletcher prayed. The saintly Fletcher. Daily. Oh Lord, enlarge the capacity. Enlarge the capacity. Fill me to the uttermost. Let it be a torrent of spiritual tide flowing in and flowing out when two elderly ladies, and many of you are well acquainted with this, and so I'm not going to labor it, when the two 80-year-old plus in age ladies prayed like this in the islands of Lewis back in 19, before 1947, Lord, you have said, that you would pour water on him that is thirsty. Floods upon the dry ground. Night after night they would pray beside the peat fire. And they were pleading and praying. Then God said, call a man. Send for Mr. Campbell. And so they did. And Mr. Campbell sent back word from the Isle of Skye where he was preaching and at an itinerary that was full. Can't come. Mr. Campbell says he can't come. Oh, that's what he thinks. But Mr. Campbell's coming. (laughs) And Mr. Campbell came. And on the 7th of December, I think it was, 7th of December, 1949, Mr. Campbell set foot in the Isle of Lewis. And of course, the revival broke out from 1949 to I think about 1953 or thereabouts. And some years ago with Colwell Dara, had the privilege of being there and of course at other times as well. But praise God tonight, we're not looking back to that movement, great though it might have been. Now, but now, but now, Lord, I will pour water. My spirit, I will pour upon thine offspring. I will pour water on him that is thirsty. Not the former things. God is not interested tonight, ladies and gentlemen. God is not interested in nostalgia. God is interested in real meetings with himself right here. To take me as I am. To make me all his own. To make my heart his palace and his royal throne. Yes, it was Paget Wilkes who did say, God's skies are full of Pentecosts. 
And he did also say, all of heaven is a free plunder to faith. I tell you, my dear people, those are magnificent statements. And if made real in my life, and I put myself with you, I'm not up here, you down there. We're all on a level playing field. Lord, meet me in an effusion of sacred fire and living water. Lord, if all of heaven is a free plunder to faith, Lord, my faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, and I will trust thee for more. And I will trust thee more. And I will from this night, I put my life on the line, Lord, to let you come, to let you break me and melt me And as the chorus continues, to mold me and fill me. O Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Do you know that chorus? You do? Sometimes when we were in India and there were tens of thousands of people in some of the meetings. I remember Mr. Daniel began to pray, but before he would begin to preach, they would sing, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And when you had some tens of thousands of people in one of the supreme conventions, singing Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. And then see the rush of people and hear the cries of men and women, maybe for a half hour without intermission, like a thundering train going along the tracks that ran close by. Those are things that we will never forget. God is the same God. His desire is the same desire. His bounty is royal, exceeding my plea, our plea. The fountain of blessing is flowing for me. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, tender Gracious, merciful, long-suffering, kind kindness, infinite kindness, infinite mercy, loving us to the end, wanting the very best for us, even though you know the worst about us. Loving Lord, 
See us at thy feet. Draw on us until we are one with thee and thine eternity. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.